Have yourself a merry BB Christmas. Let your mochas be white. From now on, your husband's in the Starbucks light. Here we are in the pandemic days where fashion's gone away for good. Faithful listeners are dear to us. Raise your Starbucks cup once more Through the years we'll be basically basic Doing basic girl things You go girl But thank God for Jesus Christ to always A merry BB Christmas. Hey guys, it's Cami, and I am so excited for our last week of BB Advent. We have been so blessed to walk through this journey with you guys, and we know we're going to end this week with great joy because our song for this week is joy to the world and we could think of no better song to end than celebrating with joy the fact that our christ our savior the lord jesus christ is born this week in us and into the world and so we're going to start this week with one of my very best friends becca is going to share on joy to the world and we hope that you experience great joy today and every day this week merry christmas Hello to all of the wonderful, basically basic podcast listeners. Um, I know you are hearing a different voice today from the amazing Cami and Amanda. My name is Rebecca Gray. I'm great friends with them, and they've asked me to share during this um, Advent devotional series that we're doing, and I am so excited um, to just share for a few minutes today what I feel like God's been speaking to me about Um, But first things first, just to honor the amazing tradition, I am drinking coffee straight from my regular coffee maker with a little hazelnut creamer. So very basic today, but you know, I'm a mother and I was getting kids ready for school and I love setting it to brew the night before. It's the little things that I've been finding joy in. Um, lately. So that is what I'm drinking. That is my drink of choice. Although I did have Starbucks yesterday and I got an Americano with a little cream and one pump of toffee nut, which is one of my favorite things. So that's one of my favorite drink orders, just in case you wanted to know. So today I am going to be talking about the theme joy to the world. And I am so excited to speak about joy And it's not because I feel like I have it all figured out or I've always walked in joy or even every day or every minute I'm full of joy and just bursting with joy. That is not the case. Um, 
But however, I do feel like God has given me some revelation on how to find joy. Um, and I think the first thing that he took me to was this question, where does true unfading joy come from? I mean, I think we all would say, Jesus, that's the obvious answer, right? However, living that out looks very different. I think sometimes our joy we might find in situations, you know, really great things that happen or good days or dream jobs, you know, that we finally are experiencing or getting to see two pink lines when you've been waiting and waiting for a baby or really good meals or food out. Um, just any sort of situational thing that you can think of that might bring you joy. Sometimes that's where we look. We look to those good moments. We say, God, I just need to catch a break. I just need 2020 to go away. And maybe if it's the year 2021, all of a sudden I won't have trouble finding joy in my life. Well, I don't necessarily think you're going to have a ton of success with that. I think you might have joy for a moment from those things. However, where does true unfading joy come from? Joy that sustains you in those real moments of life, those hard moments of life, the 2020s of life, if you will. (laughs) Um, And I just want to talk a little bit about how true joy comes from setting our focus on God rather than our circumstances. Um, I think that there are so many examples throughout the Bible of this that we could turn to. So I'm just going to touch on a few, but I was just immediately drawn to the Psalms. um, Obviously, I think for this, because I think David understood joy was found in God's presence. He had so many things he was dealing with. And over and over again, we see his humility in coming to God broken Um, And I just love how real these Psalms are. And he wasn't trying to put on a good face and pretend like everything was fine. But he would always finish with a spirit of joy that was always overarching everything that he said um, and prayed. In Psalm 16, verse 11, he says, You will show to me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Then in In Psalm 51, he says, Restore to me the joy of salvation. You know, that psalm was spoken after David had been confronted with his sin um, and committing adultery with Bathsheba. He planned the murder of her husband to cover his sin. And then he's confronted by the prophet Nathan. He repents and confesses. And that's what he asks the Holy Spirit not to be removed from him and that God would restore to him the joy of salvation, the joy of of knowing God, of being saved by God, and of God allowing the Holy Spirit to stay with him. I just love that. You know, circumstances in David's life looked very different at that point. He was confronted with a lot of hard things and things that he had done because he was a sinner. Uh, I think we all can relate to that. You know, being confronted with our own sin, a lot of times we want to defend ourselves or run and hide or fight (laughs) when we're confronted. But to be able to stop and to pray the prayer of asking God, even in the midst of confession, to restore joy, I think we can learn a lot from, from that prayer, from that ask of David. You know, he also says in Psalm 30, verse 5, that weeping may last through the night, 
but joy comes with the morning. And I think about that, you know, even just not the, maybe even the literal morning, but just like the new day idea, just the fresh pouring out that God gives us. You know, joy comes in the morning. The Bible talks about how new mercies are poured out every morning for us. I think it's always important to not lose hope that even if you feel like you're in a really dark spot, that God will refresh and revive you. And there's always new joy that will come. And there's always new hope and new mercy that will come. We just can't lose hope of the fact that we might be in a hard spot right now. But through being in God's presence, like David said, you know, grant me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever, restoring to me the joy of salvation. I think it's going back to these basic things that we as believers need to cling to in hard times. It's not the big life moments sometimes. It's the, it's the small time in the presence of God where no one else sees you but God and knowing that that's enough and his presence just brings you a supernatural sense of joy. Another um, thing I was thinking about was, you know, the prayer we always say or the scripture that's always repeated is that Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I think about that a lot. But in context of that story, Israel was just given the law and they were overcome with feeling extremely condemned, guilty, sad. They were weeping. And as they were weeping after being given the law, the list of things they needed to do and follow and do better at, Nehemiah told them, stop weeping. He said, go and enjoy, enjoy choice food, enjoy sweet drink and, and serve others for the joy of the Lord is their strength. And why were they told to celebrate when their circumstances were hard and they were very aware of their sin? Again, this, it goes around your circumstance and what you're dealing with. They, the children of Israel were never known for their perfect behavior. And you know what? Neither am I, and neither are you, if we're honest, um, but known for being God's chosen people. We are told to celebrate just like they were, even in the hard circumstances, even when we are faced and confronted with the ugliness of our sin, because we are God's chosen people. He loves us. Joy comes from belonging to God, belonging to God. In, um, in fast forward to the New Testament in Luke chapter 15, um, there's three parables in chapter 15 of, of things being lost or people being lost, um, a sheep, a coin, and a son. And all three end with rejoicing when those things are found and reunited. There's the parable of the lost sheep when, you know, Jesus says, leave the 99 and go after the one. Then the coin, the woman searches her house for it, you know, flips everything upside down. And then when she finds the lost coin, she says, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when one sinner repents. So just that joy of being reunited with that thing. And then the last one, the parable of the prodigal son, which I think most of us know is the, the son leaves his father, takes his inheritance, squanders it, comes to himself, goes home. And before he's even down the path, the father is running to him, rejoicing because his son has come home and they're reunited and he's having a feast and he's, you know, treating him with such grace and forgiveness and joy. And I think that 
that that idea of being reunited, God's joy comes in reuniting us to himself through Jesus. His plan was always to be with us. That's the goal. The presence of God, to be with God, to see God and to let him see you. To see God and to let him see you. It makes me think of of Hagar in Genesis. You know, she was asked by Abram and Sarai to have a child with him because they were getting, you know, I guess impatient or trying to go about dealing with not having a child their own way, even though God had told them, I will have, you will have nations, you know, I will bless, bless you. Kings will come from you. They sort of went around the idea of it being a child they could have because they started using human logic, you know, I'm really old. And so Isaac slept with I'm sorry, not Isaac, Abram slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. And Sarai was really upset, and at this point, she's still Sarai, not Sarah. And she was really upset, started blaming people. God, I think, got upset with the fact that this actually happened and, you know, anyway, condemned and turned, scorned Hagar. And she ran, and she fled. She was scared, you know. She was... She was alone. She was forced into this situation and then found pregnant and then condemned by the person who she took care of. And she ran and was alone. And then God, God showed up to her in Genesis 16, 13. Um, you know, he shows up and he, he says to her not to worry that she'll have a son Ishmael and God's going to bless her and nations will be, you know, born through him. And she said to him, this is the part that struck me. She said, you are the God who sees me. And then she also says, have I truly seen the one who sees me? And I love that because her circumstance was, she was alone. She was afraid. She was scared. She was a servant, you know. And the, the thing she took away was, wow, God, you saw me. And you're with me. Again, it's his presence that came to be with her and allowed her, despite her circumstances, to feel loved and known and joy in this hard time and to go back, serve, have Ishmael, and trust God. It wasn't the things surrounding her. It was him. It's him. It's the real person of God. He's alive and he wants to meet with us all the time. He sent his spirit to live in us, to be with us all the time. He always, always wanted to be united with his people. Um, in Paul's letter to the Romans chapter 15, he says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And Hagar trusted in him. David trusted in him. The Israelites, even though they were wishy-washy, there's a lot of times where they trusted in God and they received they received the promise. They received manna. They saw these things that he gave to them because he loved them. Um, so joy is found in his Holy Spirit and joy is found in his presence. Um, and I just want to end with a little fun, very practical thing that my kids and I do um, when I take them to school. In the morning, I have two boys. One is five and one is two and a half, and I'm pregnant with my third boy, <laughs> and I'm going to keep doing it with him too, but we do these confessions in the car, and we, I, I like to base 
um, the confession we do off of Matthew six thirty three, which is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That scripture immediately falls, follows Jesus telling, you know, his people not to worry about circumstances, but to look to God. He's like, look at the lilies of the field. Look at how I clothe them. You know, look how I take care of the birds. Don't worry, but look to God and his kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, you know, who he is. And all these things will be added to you. Seek him and you will find joy. So in the mornings on the way to school, we do this little confession that goes like this. I seek first the kingdom of God, and then they repeat it, you know, and his righteousness, so all these things are added. And then we literally just start listing things, but the first one we always shout out is joy is added, and then we go peace is added, hope is added, gentleness is added, kindness is added, faithfulness is added, self-control is added. We go through all of the fruits of the Spirit that are added, we go through all these different things, but... I was doing this on the way to school and the Holy Spirit was like, share that because the first one we shout out is joy is added. And it's not that in the moment I'm necessarily feeling happy it's or, or you know, overflowing with joy. It might have been a hard morning. Sometimes I struggle with patience to get them ready and out the door. Not sure if any of you can relate. Um, however, choosing to say, I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So all these things are added. Basically, because I know him, he knows me. I see him. He sees me. I love him. He loves me. And he has chosen beyond my understanding. I never will fully understand why, but he has chosen to want to be with me. And so because of that, joy is added to my life. Joy is added to my day-to-day. I think that's why you can see believers go through really hard things and carry themselves in such a way that they're still experiencing joy and hope in, in the Lord. It's supernatural, meaning not natural, above nature, not of this world. So if you're looking to something natural to solve a supernatural problem, it's not gonna come. It just won't. I've done it too many times and every time I'm like, why do I wait? the very last time to try this. So I just want to encourage you in this Christmas season, this season of Advent, this season of waiting, that while we are waiting, we have been given the promise. We've been given the hope. And it is not in the things that we've prayed for that God's answered. It's in Him. It's not the gift, but it's the giver of the gift that we need to seek. And that is where our joy will come. And sitting with Him, worshiping Him, knowing Him, loving Him, letting Him love you. Letting His love overwhelm you this season. And I just pray right now, God, that every listener would feel a spirit of joy because they get to commune with the one true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And the one true God who wants to meet with them today and forever in eternity. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that he was human. Thank you, God, that we can look to him for everything we need. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have an awesome day, BB listeners.